Book Podcast here on Poster Recaps. My name is Marissa Garza, and joining me, as always, to discuss episodes two and three of the show that just premiered this weekend is Jason Reed. Jason, how are you? Marissa, I'm doing fantastic. I just came from a session at the rec room. Oh, so great. I'm, I'm feeling good. A little of my aggression out. Uh, so I'm here ready to, to get into these two episodes with you um, about our, our, our friend, our pal, dear Eddie... Edward depends uh, on how he's well, how, what circle we're in. It's about his mood. If his mood's good, it's Eddie. If he's uh, if he's upset and you know grieving, it's Edward. So we never know from from second to second or day to day. Yeah, yeah, he keeps us guessing. Uh, but yeah, that rec room, I totally would go. That oh, seems yeah, I like mean, a fun thing to do. Yeah, that's like that is like the the rec. Those type of things are like now like a common staple of like some reality shows. Like if they need an activity to do, they'll send them to to a rec room type of thing. Like I've seen it in Married at First Sight. They've gone to one of those before Married at First Sight. So I'm I'm familiar with that type of setup. Um, I, I just don't. I, I don't know. I don't. I've never been to one. I am curious. I don't like. I don't know. I, I feel like I would be afraid of something flying and hitting me. Like, oh yeah, I would need like safety goggles for sure. Yeah, they give they definitely give you like safety goggles, like hard hat stuff like that. I just don't like you know my legs aren't protected. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just feel yeah. like something. I feel like something's gonna go wrong. <laughs> I would definitely be up for it, but it, in use for uh, therapy is also interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get into, we are talking about episodes two and three of Dear Edward that. T- premiered on apple tv plus this past weekend uh we already had coverage of the premiere which you can listen to if you go to poshrecaps.com slash dear edward for all of your dear edward coverage the show will now be going to a weekly format so we will be joining you every weekend to talk about the episode of the week all the way through the end of march so we got two episodes here one called food and one called stuff seem like pretty 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 basic needs basic things (laughs) so let's start with episode two uh, food this episode just starts with like eddie getting rescued apparently like high rescue guy what what, What what, happened with him i mean look listen spoiler alert we have we don't see crackhead uh rescue guy for the rest of these like the second episode or third episode are we going to get like him again i i that, i'm curious I mean, you you, you gave me what you you gave me one shot of this guy smoking crack <laughs> and now i don't know where he is i don't know what happened to him did this like interaction with edward cure his crack addiction like where, he is where the miracle we? boy you know yeah. i mean we're dropping the ball i want to find out what happened to the crackhead i was very surprised he basically like finds eddie and then eddie thinks that like jordan is with him and uh he thinks that jordan's with him for a long time in this episode was very surprised at how long they took this how much like how how drawn out this this was yeah i mean i think at least what i found through viewing these two episodes is that it is like going through every I mean, there's a myriad there's we have probably can't even write down every way that grief can show up in someone's life. Um, mm-hmm. But they are doing a really good job kind of showing us how grief can show up for different people. And this is how it's showing up for Eddie yeah. at the moment. Then we get the credits. Uh, any strong thoughts on the credits here for you? I like the song. It's nice and sad and <laughs> fitting to the show it's the vibe it's the vibe i like the song i i'm not i'm not mad at the song i like it 
I was like looking at all of the drawings because it's like just like a bunch of drawings, a lot of paper airplanes, and then like the number 204 keeps popping up. And I, so I don't know what that means. I don't know if that'll tell us something in the future, but there, it's the definitely heavy on 204. Yeah, the museum was uh, in the drawings, uh, the yeah. MRP that they went to. Um, so yeah, it's uh, maybe giving us clues on to what what's to come. Uh, and you know, some you know, I feel like we're about to get some sort of mystery uh, going on. So maybe those are clues to the mystery. Yeah, we shall see how it all unfolds. So then we end up catching up with everyone from the crash. Um, the funeral for Congressman Washington is started. Uh, we actually learned that the lady who was saying goodbye to the guy in the TSA line, who I thought was an abusive relationship, not yeah, abusive. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to tie it back to like the book, uh, the book description. Uh, yeah, no, he, sh- they really love each other and um she's i mean not so much so that he told his parents about her yeah that's uh, true that's true he loves her in his own way yeah she is part of the story now and then coach is on his way to new york city so i was a little right we'll see how long that he'll stay around but things are looking Uh, like he might be there for a while listen i don't know i don't know anything about immigration The, the 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 length of my knowledge goes to uh as people that listen to our Cobra Kai coverage know, my knowledge stretches to my viewing of 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> so I don't know how that's how that really works. How long Kojo would be able to stay here? Like, well, I mean, well, he's gonna have he, he's he doesn't have forever. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely interested to know where that's gonna end up. But yeah, he's on his way to NYC. You were right. He's going to come to NYC. I we were debating what what the yeah. what the story was gonna be with uh, with Kojo and with Bex uh, last episode. You you were right. Yeah. I mean, partially he has like hasn't seen the like appeal of the United States like his sister has, which is what I thought he would do. But mm-hmm. he's there; he's definitely you know taking care of Bex, doing a good uncle thing. Yep. Uh, and then, okay, I need to apologize to everyone. I totally thought that Eddie's aunt Lacey was in California. I was totally wrong because this is mm-hmm. totally upstate New York. Yeah. I was like, how is this person already? Like, how are they together already? I, you know I and see- then. Like the way that it was shot in the premiere, I was totally like geographically challenged. And, you so know, I can see how you thought that. Like, because I think my thought also was that they were on the way to LA and like yeah. they were going to meet Lacey in yeah. LA. So, yeah, I can see how you thought that. I think maybe I thought that as well. Um, interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that till now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. She's in New York. She's upstate in, New York. Upstate New York, yeah. So she's there. Uh, the press is definitely there to welcome Eddie to his new home with Lacey and John. And they're calling him the Miracle Boy. And this is where we see like Edward sh- show up instead of Eddie mm-hmm. because he's making a very conscious choice to telling like he tells the press, which is basically telling the world that his name is Edward and not Eddie. So he's trying to say like some of the stuff is with my family. Yeah, it seems like he's separating, you know, the stuff that from his family to, you know, the stuff that from the outside world, because that Eddie is like reserved for his his family that are now gone. Yeah. Then we catch up with Didi. I have to say, in these two episodes, Didi, I've I've come to appreciate Ooh, some love, Didi. <laughs> love Didi now. Uh, I'd seen like people that were talking about the first three episodes, like in like uh, just blurbs and stuff, talking about how oh, this is Connie Britton award season this is connie britain's thing like oh i love connie britain after the first episode i was like okay i mean she's fine 
Like, yeah. but these two episodes, like, oh yeah, give Dee Dee all the awards. Yeah, Dee Dee, Dee great. Uh, she's at home staring at the text, kind of trying to figure out like, what does your lonely pilgrim mean? We find mm-hmm. out later what that means. But she brings she's bringing cupcakes to a support group, which I thought was interesting. Like, it makes sense that there is a support group, but it's like literally for everyone impacted by this event. Um, and while she's setting up the cupcakes, she gets greeted by the lady who was in line with the guy and TSA. We learned this lady's name is Linda, and she just basically says, "Hi." Can I tell you something? I'm 16 weeks pregnant. <laughs> like just, all those stuff. Dump all of my emotional baggage on you, like right now, before I even like say, tell you my name. I just want to tell you every single thing that's wrong right now, and just you know get it all out there. Yeah, I feel like um, it's like because she thought that Dee Dee was the therapist, and having had like new therapists many times in my life that is kind of like how it is like hi uh i don't know where to start so i'm just gonna give you everything yeah here's a curriculum (laughs) of my life and my problems and you can sort out how we're gonna deal with it and like dd responds in a very therapist way she's like oh yeah that that's gotta be hard but you know what you belong here you're here. We're, I'm here. We're all here. Can I hug you? Like, she's like, just very nurturing in the situation. When, yeah. When this started, like, we kind of got thrown into the support group, like, mm-hmm. no real setup for the support group at all. I almost did think that Dee Dee was the one who set it up because yeah, she me too. gets there early. She gets the cupcakes. And I was like, oh, is Dee Dee setting this up? I mean, this doesn't seem like a very Dee Dee thing to do from what we've seen from Dee Dee, but maybe we'll learn more about why Dee Dee's this way. But no, she's just early and brought cupcakes to be nice, I guess. Yeah, I mean, support groups need cupcakes. I think everything is better with cupcakes. Uh, Yeah, so this is like an official support group. It's run by a a man named Milo who loves cupcakes. He comes and he's like, I'm here to run the support group. (laughs) Grab a cupcake. And everyone's here. This is where I put together that Lacey's actually in New York because she's at the support group. Yeah. (laughs) Like, wow, she flew in from L.A. for this? Like, oh, Uh, yeah, no. Um, and she makes a good point of, you know, yes, she's the aunt to, to Eddie or Edward, depending on who you're talking to. Um, but she, you know, lost her sister and also part of her family in this thing. So it wasn't just that her nephew survived. She's also grieving, also going through loss. Makes me wonder if there are other support groups around the country for like for specifically the uh, the people for this flight. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe there, we'll get some spinoffs out of this, you know. <laughs> We'll get uh, we'll get Dear Edward Chicago, <laughs> Dear oh. Edward Minneapolis. Join like the Chicago uh, Empire, like Chicago Police. Yeah, exactly. like Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Chicago Dear Edward, Chicago Grief. Fall. <laughs> <laughs> Kojo arrives. He says hi to Bugs. Bugs is being, you know, very shy. I, I think the the way that. Um, all of the kids are kind of reacting to their situation as very true kid-like mm. behavior. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if she's shy or the more than, like, traumatized. Yes, exactly. Yeah, she, like, doesn't want to talk to, to her uncle, but she's still, like, it's not like she's pushing him away. She's just trying to process her own things. But Kojo says, you know, I'm here. I'm going to take good care of you. He's very dedicated. What do you think of Kojo and Be- Beck's relationship? I love Kojo and Beck's relationship. They uh, they seem to already kind of be once she opens up 
they are very sweet to each other. Of course, she, we're going to find out that, you know, she's more she t- she takes more to uh, Adriana, which makes sense because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, her mother just died. She's maybe looking for any motherly figure to to, you know, kind of fill that that gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, they're very sweet. I, I, I love uh, Kojo. He seems to be uh, trying his hardest and trying his best. He, he's yeah. he's going to be a good, good papa for, for Bex, I think. Yeah. Uh, very fortunate or- that mm-hmm. that all worked out for them. All things considered. Yeah. Eddie is still seeing Jordan around. And this is like where I was like, oh, no, this is like a thing still. Like, yeah. He thinks this is real, real. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that at first. I thought he was just like, maybe once he woke up, he realized what the truth was. I, I, I got, I was wondering, because we didn't really get a good context of how long it's been. Right. since the crash because right. you know they talk about uh eddie was in the hospital for for a minute so i'll just you know they didn't really give us a good con a good uh good indication of how long has passed yeah i don't know that's a good question um but they're having like he's having a conversation with jordan and jordan doesn't know why like he's there because mom hated aunt lacy dun, dun, dun drama <laughs> family drama um and eddie's like kind of like what choice do i have <laughs> like where yeah, like, are we gonna the... go our only our only family like that's the only thing we can do we are kids this is what we gotta do uh the neighbor bessa who is the mom to shay stops by brings some arroz con leche which if you have not had is like so good it is very comforting perfect meal to drop by it's like it's like sweet rice like Mm -hmm. rice and milk with sugar and vanilla it's good stuff it's literally rice Rice with with milk milk. (laughs) gotcha I know my I know my seventh grade Spanish. Comes back, come back and forth to me sometimes. <laughs> but it's very good. It's if you save like um takeout rice, it's good to use with that. But anyway, she comes over with some uh arroz con leche. She also drops off like a selenite one. She seems to be like very new agey, very out there. Um, kind of explains the eccentricness of Shay a little bit. Um, and she's, you know, just her own person very much. Yeah, she's giving hippie vibes a little bit. Yeah. Adriana is back at the Congress office. She's leaving, taking, she's going to be taking classes in urban planning. So that was one of our questions from last episode. Like, okay, you're not going to run for office. What are you going to be doing? Um, But wasting no time at all. Cora's just like, hey, so I know, like, you're obviously not going to run because you're taking these classes in urban planning. So I'm going to run and I want your endorsement. Cool. It's like, oh, sorry about your grandma dying. That's so terrible. By the way, oh just you know, wondering, can I have your endorsement for your your grandma's job? Like, I want your grandma's seat. It's not even, it's not yeah. even cold. It's yeah. still warm from her butt cheeks. But I want it. Yeah, I'm gonna still warm from his butt cheeks. Yeah, like I'm gonna take it. Like, I, I, I she's, you know, and Adriana gives her endorsement quite easily at this point she's mm-hmm. like yeah you don't need i don't need any time you got it you know i didn't clock cora as a as a villain i was like oh yeah she seems fit for the job and as we'll find later like i, I have questions about uh what yeah. Adriana's doing um so we'll, we'll we'll get to that when we get to it but it was just very interesting like i was like oh cora seems nice like she seems like she actually well, would be good for the job yeah there's nothing wrong with like wanting what you like and in politics you got to move fast it's just like 
from Adriana's point of view, I think like, oh, I'm still kind of grieving the situation. I don't really know what to do with that. Well, she did think that Corey wanted her to run. And was like, oh, yes. I, I'm sorry. I just, I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm quitting. She's like, yeah, I know. I want it. Like, <laughs> I, didn't think, I didn't think you wanted it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we go on, I think, of like, one of the most relatable scenes. Like, I have seen my mom have reactions to this. Entire, but, like, the tree. The tree is, the tree is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, between Didi and Zoe, they go visit the cemetery to visit Charles's grave. Didi's gives like this long, we love you, we miss you, you are a rock type of thing. Zoe really doesn't know what to do or what to say. She just keeps thinking about like trying to decipher this text. And she's also kind of like suspicious because he's never missed their birthdays before. So she's she's a little sus about the whole situation. Um, but then this is when Didi realizes that the linden tree has been cut down. And this is like the thing. And I know I've experienced this in grief. Like it could be something totally not related to anything. And then it just opens up the door to like, let me just tell the groundskeeper of the cemetery. Yeah. All of these things. And I thought Connie Britton did a really great job here. That was interesting. I, 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 did, I guess I didn't feel the same way about it that you did. Uh, I mean, I've never experienced something like that, um, but it's, it felt it felt a little sitcom-y to me in the oh, moment. Oh, I can see that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Of like, like, hey, like, and she just started breaking down, like, hey, by the way, this, 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 this. It felt a little sitcom-y, which I felt was not really in, to- in tone with this. I can see that. Um, it, the moment just felt weird. The writing felt a little weird, but, you you know, you're saying your personal experience, you've gone through this, so that makes me rethink it. Maybe this is true to someone, so yeah, maybe this is real. Yeah, like grief, you don't know when it's going to pop up or anything mm-hmm. like that. And we hadn't really seen Dee Dee mention or talk about anything other, like really anything. Yeah, she seemed um, pretty calm throughout this whole thing. Yeah. And, and uh, this is the trigger. kind of kind of broke the camel's back, I guess. My favorite part about the whole thing, though, was when she turns to the groundskeeper and is like, can you mention it? Can you mention the tree? Can- My favorite like, thing is when she's, like, talking Spanish to the guy. And the guy's like, Af- he's like an African-American. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I got you, the linden tree. The yeah. tree? Yeah. I got it. Yeah. That was good. We also learned during this conversation, though, that he wasn't supposed to be on the flight. And he slept in and took another flight. So that has to be really hard to kind of deal with, too. Like, if he had been on his original flight, would he have been here? Um and then the end, the scene. But this is nice, just sitting on the bench. Yeah, they're just they're <laughs> reflecting, relaxing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've. I think I've. You know, we've heard. We've heard. I've heard experience of the opposite of where people were supposed to be on the nine eleven flights, mm-hmm. um, but ended up taking a different flight for whatever reason, and how people feel about that. So this is like kind of the inverse of that, which you know is for interesting for the people left behind. And it probably also happened for some of those people yes. as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. The grief group has gone strong. Coach, I love, I love how Kojo reacted in this situation. He like comes bursting in the door and he's like, I received an email for support group. This is the support I need. I need a, a passport for Beck. I got to get her back to Ghana. The landlord is going to evict my sister and that's where I'm staying right now. And Beck isn't speaking to me. Who can help? Hey, listen, I got issues. Uh, who here is going to help me solve them? <laughs> it was so good. I mean, it's called the support group. It's not wrong. Uh, and they explain it's a different type of support group. It's like, oh, talk about your feelings. Continue. Yeah, but it, it was interesting because he's like, oh, this is not that group. And then he flashes over to Adriana. He's like, yeah. you know what? I think I'll stay. 
I gotta say, I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, that is a little bit of a budding romance throughout these throughout these. Oh episodes. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. This is OTP right here, folks. <laughs> this is what we're looking at. And also, Coach is, like, full of all of these, like, wisdom sayings throughout these episodes. So after support group, they go outside. Um, he's on the phone talking about his porta potties, which are scented. Did not know Great that this idea. existed. Yeah, Fantastic. I was like, I better so trademark bad. that because I'm going to steal it. <laughs> so good. And then he turns to Adriana and says, people don't like to talk about shit, but shit needs to be talked about. Hey, the man is right. You got to see where there are gaps in the market. No one is talking about shit. He's going to move <laughs> in and corner the shit market. He's just playing the game. That's what capitalism asks you to do. So I thought. Don't give a shit about shit until someone gives a shit about shit, you know? <laughs> and Adriana, again, using her resources, just comes up to Kojo and is like, hey, so if you call these people, they won't, you know, turn off the lights at your sister's apartment. And these people will help you with a passport basically like tell them i sent you peace out have fun in ghana like that's it like that's the mm. whole interaction she doesn't think that he's gonna stick around for long it's also kind of like hey i got some pull like call yeah. you people like you know yeah i'm out we get a flashback between eddie's mom whose name is jane which yes learn that here <laughs> yes <laughs> i felt like we should have known that before show of saying Eddie's mom all the time, but mm-hmm. uh, Jane was not around when Lacey lost a baby. I couldn't figure out if this was the most recent baby or it, it somewhere to me felt felt like the first baby because they were like, "Oh yeah, you're still going to try." Yeah. Like she, didn't, it wasn't like, "No, you need to stop trying" because this was your third one. It felt like this was an early one, maybe the first sense. or second. But I mean, I don't. Who knows for sure. Yeah, she was giving Lacey like a, a necklace to remember the mm-hmm. baby by, um, and then they have like this really co- like this conversation about adoption, and Lacey is no go on adoption, like hardcore. And I it was it was interesting to see that response from her. Yeah, I she mean, really la- like- yeah she really lashes out at at Jane. Uh, she did similarly to uh, to John, her husband, last episode. She really has. She really has an axe grinding against adoption for some reason. Yeah. It's not really explained very well. Uh, so I'm interested to see if they get into that more. Uh, and I'm overall interested to see what happens with with Lacey here because, you know, by the end of the season or the series, will we find that she doesn't feel like she needs to adopt the kid because she has Eddie, or does she feel like she wants to adopt a baby, or what route? What what route does that take? Do you think she'll adopt Eddie? I think that's, that that could be in the cards for sure, um, but will she say like, eh, I mean, Eddie's Eddie's cool, but he's he's used. He's twelve already. He's a. I kind of wanted a he's baby, not a both. like almost full grown dude. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, speaking of budding romances. <laughs> Eddie and Shay strike up conversations, comparing their injuries, which, as you know, for like twelve-year-olds, can be in Listen. the area of intimate conversation it's that uh, it's that famous love story uh, <laughs> a 12 year old little boy who survived a plane crash <laughs> classic and the roller derby princess who has an injury fetish meets and it's fireworks <laughs> yes. 
like, oh, what's that blood? No big deal. Yeah. Take a look at my take a look at my leg. He's okay. so bruised. Eddie, that needs to be wrapped up. That is an open wound. That's gonna get infected. Uh who is taking care of you? Like that thing oh, should not be out in the open. High rescue man. Yeah, Where didn't wrap you up on your that? leg. He was high. You on that? Yeah. Bro, that needs to be wrapped. Okay. <laughs> Shouldn't just be out in the open with that open wound. And he's like limping around. Yeah. Like, like obviously like, a thing. Like freaking Tiny Tim over here. <laughs> he goes back inside and this is where he's continuing to have conversations with Jordan. And I thought this, this, I think this hit me in like my past child life. <laughs> Not like mm, my past, oh yeah. like, like me as a kid. Um, Just like this whole concept of God and what to do with God in times of death and grieving. And so he's like having a conversation with Jordan and Jordan's like, this is the time to believe in God. This is how we will keep the family together. This is how we can bring mom and dad back. And I, I remember, you know, praying for things of that nature when I was a kid, because you're, you know, what else do you have your kit? Like what else do you have to rationalize the situation with or to, to think about? So I thought this was a really, really interesting question and he does start praying at this point yeah i mean it's about what what different people believe in and how you can reckon with getting what you want and getting uh you know absolution for things or resolution for things Uh, i think this is a very interesting thing to be brought up um it it also hit home to me as someone that has a uh, currently 13 year old kid and there have been conversations recently about like religion and what to do with that um so that definitely hit for me and it's kind of it's it's not even just a kid thing it's also like an adult thing like it's like you know you wrestle with what to believe and how to believe and what you were taught about what you believe and if you want to change that or not yeah because like when stuff like this happens like the question of like why and right. how and where do we look for on on both sides of the coin right yes. you're like so if you believe in god it's like okay why would god do this to me yep or if you don't believe in god it's like did this happen because i don't like believe in god like is that yeah. like a, the thing like and it's so it's such an interesting topic uh, it was covered very briefly here um i do wonder if it, it's gonna you know come up again because he, he prays at the end yeah um but I, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, if this was just the end of it. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I remember when my girl came out, I got really mad at God because I was like, how can God create bees? Because bees, <laughs> spoiler for, for my girl, bees, bees cause death in my girl. And Why so would you like, kill Macaulay? Yeah, I was all like, him. you don't understand why bees. And now like as an adult, I'm like, oh my gosh, we need the bees. But um. <laughs> We don't need Macaulay. We need bees. We need bees more than Macaulay. Okay. Yeah. It was like my whole. I have like my whole conversation with God about this movie character stuff, as opposed to real death. But anywho, uh, Adriana is a. School. Listen, we, we, yeah. broke, we broke down my plane review last week. Did you break down your my girl, <laughs> my girl. review uh, last spoilers episode? Spoilers for possible my girl spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Adriana's at school taking her urban planning classes and she looks at her phone and Cora is announcing her candidacy and she is like leaning in hard I mean she has to it's politics but she is saying I know Congressman Washington better than anyone else and this kind of sits not so great with Adriana 
definitely triggers Adriana because she's like, no, I know her brother than well. She was my grandma. I know this yeah. job better than well. I mean, I I can't blame Cora. Like, this is what she's supposed to say, right? This is what you what you say. You're announcing your candidacy. Yeah. And, you know, Adriana <laughs> takes an interesting, interesting uh, view of that. Well, because of the conversation she had with her grandma before where it was like take my seat but also like don't forget you can do this so if she was Mm -hmm. like coming out of this like because she didn't think she could do it like this is the universe kind of pushing her i think to be like "Mm, yeah but i I never question that re-question that for yourself i never got the sense that adriana didn't think she could do it my sense was always like that she didn't want to because she had been like as she as she mentions here in this episode she was disillusioned by it yeah um but i I was surprised i didn't like add a little extra punch into like cora's speech being like and congressman washington's own granddaughter says that i should be that it says i should take this job because she knows that i'm better than she could be like or something like that um i was surprised i didn't add a little extra punch to it um, I am interested to see it and wonder if we will get into like Adriana's parents. Like, where we I have that, that question too. Yeah, yeah, because I know it's like we've got grandma and Adriana, but I don't know what's happened in between right. there generationally. So, definitely, definitely something I, I'm, I'm curious about. It's wonderful we'll get into. Yeah. Eddie's at the doctor. Poor Eddie. <laughs> like, he's in a very vulnerable position. You know, you're in the doctor that's vulnerable to begin with. And the nurse is basically telling him, God saved you. What is a kid to do with that? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. That was so irresponsible by this person. Yeah. I mean, just in general, like, please stop, like, shoving your beliefs no. on other people. Yes. Child, adult, no matter what. Because, like, I know if, like, if I was like in that position, someone said that like something like that was like, I'd be like, I'd be rolling my, I'd be like, don't, I don't want, I don't want this right now. Like this, this is not the time for yeah. this or place. Like if you believe that, that's fine, but you don't have to tell this kid, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and who's obviously very stressed out because he's losing a lot of weight, and Lacey's like way overcompensating. She's like, I, I got this covered. Here's all my binders with all my recipes. Let me show the doctor, and she's like, yeah, 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 cool. Um, I don't care about any of this. If this kid doesn't eat, he's going to be back in the hospital. I don't care what you feed him. You got to feed him. And this kind of like throws Lacey for a loop because she's like trying to be the perfect mom. And it's basically like just feed him whatever he'll eat. Listen, you, you can't be surprised. The kid is splitting up all of his meals to give to his dead imaginary <laughs> brother. He's yeah. like, you guys are you feeding this kid over here. Why are you giving me all the food? Go ahead. Eat up, Jordan. Why aren't you yeah. eating, Jordan? Just leave your food there. <laughs> He thinks he's having to split up all his meals. That's why he's not eating. That's why he's yeah. not eating as much as he should. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Didi, okay, so this is where you are right, Jason. Didi yeah. goes to visit uh, Brad, the finance guy, and Brad has some bad news. There's a considerable amount of debt. Surprise, surprise. There's mortgages against the house. There's nothing in the retirement. And Didi's like, oh, oh okay okay um and then we find out that like charles lost his job a year and a half ago Dee was totally in the dark um and brad is not really good at this conversation because he's like everything's gonna work out it's fine don't worry about it it's cool and she's like oh okay and the brad's like no not really it's a big roller coaster of a conversation it's like no I, I just lied to you when i said that i just <laughs> tried to say that to be nice like i didn't think you're gonna take that seriously no but we're in trouble <laughs> like this is a problem hey, hey we're gonna have to like evaluate everything that you own and kind of like 
see what you need and what you don't like it's that bad it's not the we have to you know stop going to whole foods bad it's it's a different type of bad um, but we don't all- need to go to aldi's bad that's how bad this is we have to stop going to whole foods we got to go to aldi's okay you got to bring your own bags got to pay don't a quarter forget your for the quarter yeah. yeah that's how bad this is now <laughs> so she also learns that like charles had a condo in la Brad is just like, oh God, like it's getting worse and worse for Brad. He's like, he's got to break the news. She's in debt. He's got to, yeah. now it's like, oh, you didn't know about the condo in LA. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, this is, this is a bad time for Brad right here. But I have to say, like, uh, Brad, Brad, this, if this was his first conversation, I can, I, but this, I'm assuming, will not be the last co- type of conversation Brad will have to have like this in his life. There's probably some situations that people don't share with each other. Brad's like, uh, Brad's probably talking like Charles couldn't like give Brad a hint. Like, you know, we need to like, listen, the wife hey. doesn't know about this. Like, <laughs> I know I this from her. But Brad could be like, listen, uh, Charles did not tell you a lot. Instead of just like dropping bombs on her, like Maybe repeatedly. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brad, Brad is just dropping bomb after bomb after bomb. Like, if, you know, Dee's like, you know, Dee's attitude like, for most of this before like the funeral scene is like, you know, I lost my husband, but ugh, it, everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Fine. It sucks. It really does. I love them, but you know, yeah, just life will move on, I guess. <laughs> but this, this now, is just like, oh shit, like <laughs> this bad. I also liked in the scene. Brad's like, "Can I get you a glass of water?" No, She's Brad. Like, I don't need water right now. I need hard liquor. She's like, "Yeah, that'd be great." Water, yeah. <laughs> I'm parched from all this like devastation you just leveled at me. Uh, speaking of Whole Foods, Lacey and Eddie are in the parking lot of a what seems to be a discounty store of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're having a conversation basically because Lacey's like, hey, I have to, you know, this is serious. We have to take care of each other here. What happened isn't fair. Lacey can't eat either. We're kind of in the same situation. She tells Eddie, I'm not trying to replace your mom, but I am your aunt. I'm going to do the best to take care of you, which I thought was a very responsible adult conversation to have and basically tells him we're going to go in the store. You can get whatever you want. And then we're, I'm going to make it and we're going to eat it. Score. <laughs> yeah. Right. Score. If, if I was a kid, I'd be like, you mean it? Like I can get whatever junk food I want. Like I, this, this is heaven right here. Calories are calories Let's in this go. instance. Yeah. Yeah. But then she's like, I'm going to leave to go get the red meat. Yum. And I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> that was weird. But then, like, where? That she says, I'll be right back. But, like, I don't know. That's like a long time and just kind of leaves them, like, vulnerable for random people, as which happened in the situation. Especially since he is, like, seemingly well known. Yes. Like, in in the world he's famous yeah yeah so to most people i'll say he's famous to most people because we'll get to us an issue next episode which i'm like what um but yeah famous to most people and this girl just comes up to him it was like a horror movie versus it was like he opens the like the freezer door and he sees a reflection of this creepy girl just standing (laughs) behind him like oh my god this just turned to a horror movie i was like is he is he imagining her too like that was my first thought I was like, yeah. who, who is this girl he's imagining now? And she, like, has no concept of a personal space. Here's no. how I know, like, COVID did not happen in this universe. Because, <laughs> like, you have, at least I have a, 
a big personal space awareness when I am out and about these days. You're one of those people that takes out one of those cellophane bubbles, right? Like, to the to the theater, to like, the theater, to the, just I out. Buy, like, like two seats this is next six to feet me, of space, everyone. The I'm all yeah. like, no one come in my space. <laughs> I'll tell you, I am not going up to people and hugging them in grocery stores. That's for sure. She comes right in and is like, "Hey, I'm so sorry what happened." Hugs him and then gives him this like shrunken head doll head thing. You can't do that. You can't do that to me. Like, you have to give me some context. Like, you cannot just drop this and leave. Like, what what are you doing to me? Like, I already have enough stress. I already have enough grief. And you just dropped a mystery in my lap. I don't need this. Just want ice cream. I don't like, need I'm this. just getting my ice cream. Why are you doing this? I don't need this creepy little girl. <laughs> and in this situation, he kind of sees Jordan, like, walk out of the, the door. And so this is where I think he realizes that Jordan. Well, yeah. Is- because little the girl said, "Sorry that your brother yeah. is gone." Yeah, and so I, like that snaps him out of it. Like, because apparently no one had told him before now that his brother was gone. Um, no one mentioned it because I mean I guess they thought he already knew, but you know whatever. Uh, so yeah, he sees like you know in his head Jordan leaving, like Jordan's gone, gone. And this causes him like he faints. He's down on down on the ground and i don't blame him this that had to be like super duper confusing and his nervous system probably could not handle it and just kind of yeah he needed to restart the computer Mm -hmm. so back at the support group lacy's telling everyone don't worry he was just dehydrated and we get this like kind of cool community care moment because lacy is vulnerable and says you know like i don't know how to be a mom (laughs) the situation is way far over my head which is good awareness I'm very mm-hmm. glad that she knows that that's the situation she's in and she feels like she's drowning and everyone comes up and gives her like of course it starts with Dee. can i give you a hug because she's a hugger he's a hugger uh, but at least she asks before mm-hmm. she hugs yeah she's a consent she's hugger consent. <laughs> but then everyone kind of you know supports Lacey in this moment i thought it was kind of kind of cool yeah uh, first of all Lacey's given all the stats He's in the fifth percentile of weight. He's yeah. dehydrated. I'm like, listen, can I get some like aunt nephew confidentiality? Like, I don't need you telling all my business out in the street. Arrive here, right? You know, like, can I get some like secrecy, some family secrecy? Social security number is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and we get the group hug, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, like, is this moment like earned? Like, are we mm. are we here? Because oh, I feel like there. I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of interaction between we haven't gotten a lot of support group as a as a group. And I think I came into this thinking that the support group was going to be more of a part of the story. Like we get like big sections of support group, but we only got got, like smatterings of it. I'm like, is this a group hug situation yet? But I guess it can be like, listen, I've never been in this type of situation. I've never been in group grief therapy. Maybe this is a thing because they're all bonded by one singular experience. Well, what I think I, is powerful about this is like the, they're bonding not about the experience. They're bonding about something outside of it being a parent. Nobody knows how mm-hmm. to be a parent. So it kind of like allows them to take that bond outside of, hi, I'm here to face the fact that I lost someone in a plane crash. It's like we're yeah. also connected as a human. I think it's. Just, I think where I'm like bumping into this is like they don't they don't really know Lacey like that. Like, oh, yeah. Like, and, and I'm not sure. If, like I'm not sure if we're conversations sp- with each other. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure if we're supposed to think they do or how much time they've spent with Lacey in this group because they don't give us a good like barometer of how much time has passed with them. So that was just that was the only thing that I kind of like bumped up against here. I can see that. 
I can see that. Group is over and Kojo goes outside. Apparently, Bex just sits outside in colors during this group. No, what? Like, what? Kojo, okay. I know that you're not used to being, like, a parent. Like New York City. But, like, you can't just, like, leave your kid outside. Like, especially someone that young. Like, you can't just, like, be like, all right, stay here. I'll be back. Uh, don't talk to any strangers, I like guess. Like an hour. Uh, Color some things. It'll yeah. be fine. You're, you're good, right? You're good. Like, I, that, that, re- that struck me. I was like, wait, what? Like, you just love her out there? <laughs> yeah. So she is out there coloring. He comes up and says, it's time to go. Adrian sees the two of them and kind of interjects her way into the situation and asks Beck if she could see what um, she's drawing. That's when. Beck finally talks because she hadn't been talking for a while. So Kojo's like, well, we got to keep this going. Let's go get some pizza. Um, and they have a conversation while Bex is on like one of those pay for it pony ride mm-hmm. things yeah. about Adrian being coming a congresswoman. And she's explaining that she's like kind of doubting herself. She's not the best person for this job. This was my grandma's job. Job was got me dissolution by politics. And then again, Kojo with the wisdom bombs <laughs> comes mm-hmm. in and says, sometimes you, we don't choose our path. Sometimes our path chooses us. And she's like, yeah, but what if I'm not ready? And he says, you're, you're already ready and you'll never be ready. I was like, Kojo, Kojo, where where did you learn all this? Like all these 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 things of wisdom, these pearls of wisdom, were they were they lodged in the porta potty? Is that where you found them? They were in the bottom of a of a turd pile, like Do a you fortune think cookie that, or something. Like, the doors of the porta potties have these like <laughs> you're already ready, wisdom you're thing. never ready. Uh, yeah. yeah, that would be fan- that would be so good. Like you know, you just you just can you imagine this? Like you come to this porta potty, uh-huh. it it's scented, uh-huh. it smells great, uh-huh. it's probably got some like awesome like elevator type music playing in the porta potty it's got a, a freaking wisdom saying like this this is a good business idea we got we got to pursue this <laughs> coming for you Kojo. yeah we're coming for your you're business ready, kojo. <laughs> uh, you're gonna name it kojo shitters or something like, that'll be the name of the company like <laughs> no it could be like shit we gotta talk about it um <laughs> talk about our shit <laughs> sponsored therapy groups on the side anywho um, it could be like a screen next to you while you're taking a shit and then like a, ther- a, a therapist will come up and like start talking to you about your issues you know? therapy yeah. Uh, yeah so while this is happening Dee, Dee is alone in her house and she's sitting there she knows she's got to make this phone call because she's figured out that there's this random condo in LA with her husband's name on it uh, so she makes a phone call and just asks like is this the residence of Charles Cameron and she says yeah and then she hangs up I was like wow she's calling to find out brave brave move um, but I really enjoyed how that caused her to break into the cupcake vault right after the phone call I don't blame her for it but it was just really funny <laughs> yeah I mean this is you know I think I've heard about these types of things they're like uh, you know these things that kind of uh, incentivize you not to like overeat like i guess like it only opens a certain amount of time maybe like time release thing that was interesting yeah it's like said like i can only have one a cupcake every 24 hours (laughs) so that's what i'm gonna do uh yeah so speaking of eating we go back to Lacey's house john is like this is the best day of my entire marriage like this 
is the greatest thing ever. I was <laughs> like, you don't that. understand. Before you got here, she never let me have anything good. Like, like, kale and quinoa and like all of these So glad your whole family died. Like, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> it's all it took to get me some like a whole plate of hamburgers and corn dogs. Let's go. John's excited. And there's like pizza rolls. Like, this is a pretty good spread. Yeah. It's totally. pretty good. Um and they yeah so they eat it and it, it was like Lacey even eats one it was a cool little bonding moment i think for the three of them yeah for sure and this is where Lacey shows shows uh eddie that he has his own room again this really is like cementing the fact that jordan isn't there because like this whole time he's been you know imagining these bunk beds and talking to jordan this whole time he's still kind of talking to him but he knows that he's not there at this point because he says good night stupid which is apparently how they say good night to each other um but this this moment he's really kind of like okay my brother's also not here where was eddie sleeping before I, like, I don't know the guest because room? because maybe because as like uh eddie is realizing that jordan's gone like it's it shifts from because he had bunk beds with jordan yeah and then it shifts to that one bed in that one room and this seems to now be uh the nursery they have converted the nursery into a new room for eddie yeah uh, new bed and everything so i was like oh well that's interesting you can move into this bigger room i guess and we'll give you a new bed uh that's pretty cool yeah, and if you don't like the color, we will change it. It's no big deal. Um, yeah, so he's got a place of his own over there. But then, like, randomly, I was like, did you go to bed and then just, like, sneak out of the house and do this? I was very confused as to when this was happening. So many questions about the sequence coming up. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> so he's like, I know what people do here. They bring plates over to each other's houses. <laughs> so I will bring a plate of of hamburgers and corn dogs over to see if Shay is home. <laughs> You're Eddie's a weird little kid. Okay. <laughs> I know he's grieving, but he's also weird. <laughs> it was just like, okay, I'm mad again, so I'm not gonna eat this stuff. Like, do you want yeah. it? Like, yeah. I don't know. Do you want it? And then also, can I see Shay's room? And then also, can I see if I can sleep on her floor? <laughs> I was like, okay, but uh she's okay with it. I do love how Shay knows herself so super well. She's like, cool, you can be here for like two seconds, but I have to go to bed. Like I need my eight hours of sleep. Like, like and this is where he's like, I want to sleep over, I'll sleep on the floor. Um, and he I think he just needs that other presence there and Shay doesn't ask any questions. I don't know. As a parent, how do you feel about the situation? <laughs> well, first, I mean, you gotta take it from all the sides, right? If you are Lacey and like you go in the middle of the night to like check on Eddie and he's gone, like that's right? freaky. Uh if you are Shay's mom, you gotta be like, okay, let me because I mean as we saw, like as she lets Eddie into the room, she like bangs the door to the side to the side of the watch like we're gonna keep this door open because i know you're grieving your parents uh you know deaths but mm, this could also be a a perv situation so we're just gonna (laughs) leave this door all the way open all right and you got when you're the mom in that situation in that parent in that situation you gotta call your neighbor be like hey just let you know like right like eddie is over here eddie's here and he's acting real weird um and i think that's like shay's like yeah sure i don't want to upset you because i think you're might go off on me or something i don't know that's not that's not stalking me like this whole time yeah that (laughs) wasn't really that wasn't really it but like shay's like she's she's open to it and like he just wants someone to say you know good night stupid to him and you know he he says it to her like 
And she's like, why would you say that to me? No explanation. Just say it back, please. So, yeah. I mean, in reality, that would be a crazy situation for a parent. Like, where'd my kid go? Like, Yeah, there had to be a phone call. And someone just knocks. And some rando kid you just met the other day knocks on your door and be like, hey, can I come in? I'm like, (laughs) no, you can't because this is real weird. Like, we're not going to do that. That's not the game we're playing today. No. No, you can go back home and call your and tell your mom to call me or something, and we can set something up. But this is weird. <laughs> well, I would think he's like a serial killer or something. You brought me a random plate of food. You want to sleep in my daughter's room on the on floor? The f- yeah. I mean, where else? You not sleep in bed with her, but I mean, on the but, floor. Just just to come over here and say, "Can I sleep over?" Just randomly. And like, I thought it was interesting that he didn't like. He just went and asked Jade and like mentioned anything to the mom. It's just no. like. Hey. Eddie, Eddie does not know how to, you know, maybe it's because he's been homeschooled most of his life. That could be. He seems to have trouble interacting with people. That could be. Well, that is episode two. Any thoughts before we jump into episode three? Yeah. You know, episode two had work to do because as we said at the end of last episode, you know, we didn't feel like we really got a good like personality from most of these people. Right. And I think this episode did do really well at giving us more personality, more character out of these people um, to really kind of let us bond with them. So I think that this episode did a good job of that. Yeah, I feel like I am, you know, a little bit more attached to them now, especially yes, sure. like Dee Dee and Adrian. I mm-hmm. I get um, I get their stories a little bit more. We still got a lot of questions on the Eddie side of things. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like the Eddie story is probably the story that I'm like least invested in, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. At least for now, we'll see how it yeah. shapes up. But mm-hmm. all right, we are gonna go, and then we'll come back to talk about episode three. All right, episode three is titled "Stuff." I really hope that episode four is titled "And Things" because I cannot have stuff without things. It just is. It just does not work for me. But um, we'll see. Food, stuff, and things. Exactly. Cover all bases. Um, So this episode opens with um, Eddie showing Shay the creepy doll head that he's been carrying around since he was in the grocery store. Uh, Apparently, all of his stuff from New York is being dropped off, including a piano. And Shay asks Eddie, hey, do you play the piano? And he says, no, I have to go hydrate. Don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay, bye. Um, so he's still kind of compartmentalizing his old life and his new life, even though he has realized his brother is dead. Mm-hmm. So we're making some progress, but we still got some some healing to do. Uh, Dee Dee and Linda are taking the same plane to L.A. I thought this was weird. This was real weird. Like, first of all, I ain't taking no planes anytime soon after my <laughs> loved one died on a plane. I was like, there wasn't even a conversation, a thought, a recollection, a remembering, a like acknowledgement. It was just, I'm gonna bebop my way onto the plane, like, like it's nothing. Like my my, you know, my spouse didn't just die on a plane like a few weeks ago. Uh, That was odd. And for Linda and Dee Dee to be taking the same plane, also odd. And the same route. To mm-hmm. the same place that her, it's not like, hey, I took a different plane and a different route than my loved one took when they died. I'm taking the same thing. Like, we're doing yeah. the same thing. <laughs> Nothing weird about that. Why would you say that? Um, at first, I thought, like, when we saw Linda going to the airport, like, this is like a flashback or something. Yeah, me like, too. That's what I thought. And I was like, wait, no, this is when she runs into Dee Dee. I'm like, wait, this is now? Like, 
they're taking a plane right now. I would be like driving like the, the 12 or 13 out. I don't know how long it takes to get from New York to LA, but I would be driving and I'd be like taking a train or something. Like the one thing I'm not going to do right now is take a plane. <laughs> yeah. I would totally be training it up at this point. Um, it would be like a beautiful three day trip from New York or something like that. Throw the scenic uh, route. Yeah. See America. <laughs> This is not sponsored by Amtrak. Um, <laughs> Adriana is practicing her pitch for running for office. So I guess she's doing this. She's been convinced. Um, at this point, she hears a noise. She's having some toilet issues. And um, we catch up with Kojo and Bex. They're moving into an apartment. They got kicked out of their um, his sister's apartment and now is going to an apartment. This is so like immigrant story. My cousin's best friend has an mm-hmm. apartment that we yeah. can we can live in. Um, so they're being relocated. Lacey's taking Edward to the shop. Apparently, they own a metalworking shop. It's a family business. So he's learning a little bit more about that. It's somewhere Edward has not been in many a years. Um, and he's kind of like confused as to why he's going. And this is where Lacey kind of lets him know, uh, you're not ready to go to school. And he's like, uh, why would I be going you, to school? What do you mean by school? Like, what, <laughs> I, thought you tell, I thought John was going to teach me. What is this school you speak of? Yeah, she's like, look, we both work. You're not going to be able to be homeschooled. It's okay, though. You'll be in class with Shay. I have a prediction he will be in a different class because and then I'll freak the F out and they'll yep. move him into a class with Shay. Yeah, but I think he's gonna be like a couple grades ahead and that's gonna like oh yeah also be weird. Um Edward was also asking like why didn't my mom ever come here? And Lacey's like she was a super great writer. She didn't need to fabricate metal. Lacey Lacey had to like had to like like Help really hold it. back. Help She's like it. Your mom is too good for the metal shop. So, <laughs> so she used to tell us she didn't want to come down here and be a, a shop person. She wanted to be a freaking writer. Your mom thinks she's too good for this place. Like she had a whole bag. She's like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Well, especially I think her choice of using fabricating metal was like her way of channeling all of that. She's like, yeah. she didn't she didn't want to fabricate metal. metal. Yeah. She wanted to fabricate story. Yeah. She wanted to fabricate characters. Yeah. This wasn't her thing. Uh, and then we meet a guy named Wendell. I just want I like, he's probably won't ever show up, but I enjoyed his little appearance. Yeah, Wendell was nice. He's like, uh, it's a shit deal, Eddie. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, but I can teach you how to do stuff. And we'll talk, bro. So I was like, this is, this is good. Then we had one of the most unbelievable, in terms of the fact that I do not believe it, scenes. I don't think <laughs> I have ever seen in at least the year 2023 so far and i have watching last of us but anywho dd and linda are in the airport bathroom by themselves <laughs> it's not like teaming with people like yeah. you know yeah. having to go to the bathroom after it's a long like, flight yes <laughs> after a long flight there there's no one else there they're there talking about their lives doing their stuff and i'm like there's not even someone like closing the door behind them <laughs> using the sink next you, to well, them you just want to like hear a fart behind <laughs> like <laughs> Like when the DD tells us somebody was in the bathroom, like a, a flushing of the toilet or something. Something. I just need a sign of another person. Someone there. just like bringing all their suitcases into this into <laughs> one of the stalls, or even like the cleaning person involved yeah. somewhere, because that happens to me all the time. Like I'm like, oh, I gotta go, and then it's like it's closed for cleaning. Something. Uh, but yeah, no, they're there. Linda uh, tells us that she is there to visit Gary's parents, and kind of let Gary's parents know that she's pregnant. 
but she also is, I think, feeling really lonely because she tries to ask Dee Dee, like, if, hey, maybe we could have, like, coffee and stuff. And Dee Dee's like, no, I don't have any time for that. Nope, no time. Sorry. Uh, so Linda arrives at Gary's parents' house. This is, like, a house out of, like, Bel Air. Like, it's fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's super fancy. Gary's parents are rich, okay? <laughs> Yeah. Like money. Yeah. And she makes it very clear. She's like, I am not here for anything. <laughs> I I know how this may look, but I just want you to know that I'm pregnant with your son's child. And they're like, Cool. Who are you? We know nothing about you. <laughs> know nothing. Like, who who are you? Apparently, like Gary's parents thought that they were very close. Maybe Gary had a different version of what his relationship with his parents was yeah um but this is a bit surprising to everyone i think in this scene yeah they're very skeptical at first like they're like are you just some crazy like nut like that is like lying about knowing our son like and trying to like i don't know like infringe on our tragedy or something yeah. like what are you like what are you doing and then yeah. she's like i'm pregnant and she's like they're like oh wait oh we could we we have our little boy Gary live on in in uh, some offspring. Changes the like yeah changes the mood in a heartbeat. It's just mm-hmm. like oh he's still alive somehow sort of it, by proxy. Uh, so then Dee Dee has landed in L.A. and she goes with the realtor to the condo. I was like, did you kick these people out? How are the like? I don't understand this whole situation. You know, the last episode there was a lady that answered a phone. Yes, and I was like, where's the lady? Yeah, the, her stuff is there. All their stuff is there because we see like multiple toothbrushes. Yeah, and I, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I have so many questions about this. Yeah, and there's like a photo, and I was like, "Is that with another family?" It wasn't with. It wasn't. I, th- I think that is with it? them. Okay, I think it okay. is with Zoe and Dee Dee. I think that was them. Because I'm one of the things I'm having trouble with is this show is very dark. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, <laughs> like it's like Game of Thrones level black levels mm, here. Take a flashlight like, on this photo frame. <laughs> Yeah, and um, they also find a music room, and the realtor asks Dee Dee, "Like, was your husband a musician?" She's like, "No, not at all." So he's she's finding out that he's totally different person here in LA. I think a photo with the other family maybe tells me that this isn't like a you know he's not just using this for random hookups like this. Yeah, he's he for what whatever else he's doing, he still loves his family enough. To have a picture there on the bedside, which is yeah. like, you know, you don't think you would have that if this was just some like hookup pad you have stashed away in LA. Yeah. And just like all the all the music stuff is like this guy is a totally different person than you thought he was. Um, which you know we'll find out more about in this episode. So it's just like, you know, imagine just finding out your significant finding out in the span of a couple weeks. Yeah, that you're broke and your husband is just a totally different person than you thought he was. Well, yeah, at first he died. That's a, that's a big. Well, yeah, that's number one. That's a big one. And then all of these other things on top of it. It is quite a layered level of grief for her. I think there's a lot of uh, peeling back of a lot of things happening for Dee Dee at the moment. Uh, Shay, on the other hand, gives me very like Harriet the Spy vibes 
in this whole yeah. situation. She's like, okay, we got to go to the museum. We have to find out nothing cool like this ever happens in my life. <laughs> we have to go to, we have to go to the city. We have to go to this museum. Cause she had like looked up where the shrunken head had come from. Um, and she wants to have an adventure. And this is Eddie's first time back to the city since everything happened. So I was very surprised that he was like, okay, I'll get on the bus and go with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think part of him, part of him also wanted to go back and be like mm-hmm. and see like his old house like eh, like that's something that i feel like i would want to do uh, just to kind of feel a connection again uh, but we'll see like coming up that maybe it was too much for him too soon yeah and also like um without adult support i don't know like yeah. the right <laughs> the right support it was a very like classic like tell your mom we're gonna go play video games we're gonna sneak out like I don't know. I'd have been like, and why can't I tell my aunt like about this? We're not doing anything salacious. Like, we're going to the city. Why do we have to lie? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Would you? F twelve thirteen. I don't. I know. wouldn't support them going by themselves. Okay. I'd be like, no, I'll come with you. Like, if you want to do this. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't approve them going by themselves. Of course, no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Kojo. I'm just not letting my kids like <laughs> hang out outside like with no adult supervision. Well, speaking of Kojo, Kojo and Adriana meet up after group, uh, or like I think it's like before group. She's like trying to decide whether to go to group or not. She's she needs some signatures if she's going to run um, for Congress, and she's like very very stressed out. So Kojo's like, "Tell me what's happening," and she's like, "My toilet is broken. It's making the sound. I don't really know what to do." And Kojo is like the master detective of of toilet sounds. Or something he knows, like sh- that. He knows shit and things related to shit, so <laughs> that makes shit. sense. Yeah, it's like I, I need to say the sound. Like say the sound. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do the sound. Listen, y'all. This is like okay. We're going back to school. Y'all hear that? Y'all hear the Bunsen burners burning? Y'all hear the <laughs> all the gases coming together? This is chemistry. Y'all. This, this is, is this, chemistry. This is what chemistry looks like. This is the building of a relationship. I was like, okay, let's go, Kojo. Yeah, he goes like straight into fix it mode, which is like totally like the masculine thing to do when you're like want to help a woman i guess kind of thing of like but he's like okay this is what we're gonna do we're gonna go to group to fix our souls then we're gonna go fix the toilet then we'll get the signatures and i'll cheer you on from ghana he's like got it all planned out he's all ready to go so i thought that was interesting but yes it is the chemistry is coming together for them i ship it yeah me too uh so Didi has decided to just like get drunk and listen to some of the records. Did you see all of the records that? Yeah, there were was some there? Nirvana going yeah, on. Yeah, there was Bruce. Drake. Drake. I didn't notice Drake. Yeah, I was like, what? Um, but yeah, Charles so just- get into his music bag. I like it, Charles. <laughs> I like it. She puts on some Bruce Springsteen, and here's the lyric: "Just a lonely pilgrim." So I looked it up, and this comes from Bruce Springsteen's song "Beautiful Disguise," which I think fits very well for the situation and what we learn about Charles throughout the rest of the episode. Just a little part of the song um, that mentions this: "It says, now look at me, baby, shark." Uh, Marissa, lo- Marissa? I, mean, I can't. I don't know how to sing it. I don't know the tune. You gotta sing, Marissa. Come on. Now look at. My baby. Oh, I can't believe she actually did it. Okay. <laughs> Struggling to do everything right. I'm like, I'm like Will Shatnering this. Like, will yeah. like Struggling to do everything str- right. Everything right. And then it falls apart. When out go the lights. I'm just a lonely pilgrim. I walk this world in wealth. 
I want to know if it's you I don't trust because I I damn sure don't trust myself. Interesting. Charles. He's questioning himself. He's like living this like I don't know what to do kind of life. Um, like he's living a lie maybe? Maybe. It's good too. Uh Didi found this note from a Noelle and she thinks like this Noelle is like the lady who picked up the phone, like mm-hmm. totally ready to go after her. Noelle's got left an address on this letter. She gets in the car, knocks on the door. I'm gonna go confront this hoe right now. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and Noelle explains to Didi that Charlie volunteered at an LGBTQ youth center and did a lot of great work. And I love that Didi's like, no, he was a Republican. I had to tell him not to say the gays. <laughs> so good. That was that. See now that's some, that's a little levity I've been missing. I was like, yes, this is funny. That was a, that was a good one. This. And then also like, after she's like, I know this is hard for you. Come inside and have a kombucha. And then Connie Prince like, take your kombucha and shove it up your ass. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so good. good. Uh, yeah. So he's been leading this other life at this point. I didn't know if he was like leading an, another life as a gay man or leading another life just uh, outside of what Dee Dee knows. I mean, it becomes fairly obvious that he was leading a life as a gay man mm-hmm. and didn't really know how to do it, how to deal with that and like tell her and all this stuff. But yeah. um, at this point in the story, I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I just had so many questions. I was like, I just, I, is this just a, a man that's learned to become like, uh, empathetic and he's like helping out but yeah. not a- engaging um, in in that lifestyle or is this a man that now has realized he's part of that this lifestyle and just l- lived a double life yeah I hope we learn more as as this goes on yeah I think I think we will yeah back at the museum because the kids have made it to the museum Shay <laughs> Shay talks like Shay and Eddie are becoming friends they talk about the box that she sees herself in school based on like what she wears she sees herself as like this nerdy nerdy athletic kid she can't really like wear anything outside of that uh Eddie has no idea what that means because he hasn't been to school in forever so (laughs) that's they do that at school like what um Shay is taking this like super seriously goes and talks to the museum docent and is like listen I need to know if you know this girl (laughs) Like, tell me if you find her, call me. She's on the case. Uh, and Eddie's asking her about her dad. And Shay, like, is really good about drawing a boundary here. And it's like, you can't talk about my dad. Like, my dad's not a bad guy. He's just out of my my life right now. You saw my mom. She's a lot to deal with. They're just different people. And I was like, does Shay get healthiest teenager award? Because <laughs> that was well. Good. She does get very, very defensive. She uh, she's like, you know, I'm, you know, uh, more things to get curious about. What's going on with Shay's dad? Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I, whoa, what if Shay's dad is high rescue guy? <gasps> oh my gosh! What? That would be mind blowing. What? He comes to visit Shay, and he's like, "Oh my god, it's the kid." <laughs> The kids whose leg I didn't wrap. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, this like does get Shay to kind of shut down. It's like, well, maybe this this shark and head doesn't mean anything. Let's go. I'm hungry. And um, in classic, like I'm proud of my city, whether it be New York, Chicago, LA, 
Mm-hmm. You cannot eat at Times Square. You cannot eat at the, at the tourist place. I have to take you to the falafel truck. So they're on that adventure at that point. Come, Shay. I know a place. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Kojo is determined to fix the toilet back at Adriana's. And Adriana's doing Beck's hair. This was an interesting scene to me. What did you think about this? Well, yes. I mean, it's, you know, the whole thing of like, of you know, a black girl's hair. Yeah. And, you know, how you do a black girl's hair. I'm sure that Kojo maybe doesn't know <laughs> the best techniques to do uh, her hair. But Adriana, you know, being a black young woman herself knows, kind of knows the tricks of the trade. Uh, she talks about how, uh, was it her grandmother or her mother that did her hair for her, Adriana? I think it was her grandma. Yeah, she, she tells Bex about, you know, how her grandma did her hair and, you know. She's a puncher grandma when she get hurt because I mean, you know, you know the you can be very uh, as we call tender headed, uh, so it it can't hurt when doing uh, especially oh. a black a black girl's hair like that uh, where you're pulling and all that and braiding and all that. Uh, so yeah, it was a very interesting scene, a very good bonding moment for mm-hmm. these two, uh, which is like I mean, if Adrian is not like you know not careful Beck is Bex is going to get like too attached to this Adriana is, yeah that was my take on it too like this is a very intimate moment between mm-hmm. two people and this is like total attachment territory so we have to you know like you said be careful and I think this is where um Adriana kind of realizes this too because um Bex just comes out and says like I wish my mom had lived because she talks about Edward as the one who lived and she thought she thought it would be better if her mom had lived. Are we are we getting Bex any professional treatment or <laughs> right? like are we just like letting her simmer and she just comes out of her own times? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if like I mean in our world like mental health help is not exactly easy or affordable at times for certain people. Well um and- You've got like the American view of it, and then you've probably got Kojo's African view of it. True. And those are like, probably yeah. two very different ways of handling the situation. Yeah, Kojo may be very like relaxed about it, be like, oh, she'll be fine. You know, maybe in their in their culture, like that's not really a thing. Like his, his whole thing is I just gotta get back back to Ghana and that will help her. Like that's the yeah. most help that I can give her. Um and Adriana's like, I have all these resources. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so um, I, I I wonder if there will be a conversation like that in the future. Uh, but this is where this I, I found to be a very highly intelligent, uh, like emotionally intelligent conversation because Bex asks Adriana, did you lose someone in the crash? Um, and she says, yeah, but it wasn't my mommy. So I don't really know what it looks like. And I thought that was really nice to not just say, like, I know what you're going through because I also lost someone in the situation. I lost someone of different kind. Like we're we're grieving the same event, but in different it's, ways. Yeah, it's acknowledging that Beck's feelings are Beck's feelings. She's yes. not saying like I know what you're going through. Let me help. Like I I know exactly how you're feeling. Like she acknowledges that Beck's experience is Beck's experience, and you know lets her you know have that. Yes, and then all three of them go out and get Beck's the signature she needs. I th- what did you think about this? I thought it was like okay, we're in it. Well, they use the kid as bait. Like that's <laughs> if you can't, you know, if you can't get something done, you throw a kid out there, a cute little kid, to get people to come over to you so you can get what you need. Excuse me, are you a registered voter? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like the Girl Scout cookies. You can't mm-hmm. say no. Yep. You know. 
Um, but yeah, so she gets the signature. She's she's in it. She's gonna go do this. As Kojo beams with pride as Adriana is bonding with her her, her future constituents. It's good. It's given first man to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, I know. A, well, I don't know if this is what he's thinking, but you know, if you do marry an American citizen, hey, <laughs> that is one. Listen, that's not all the wrong possibility. Okay, like, Adriana is down for the cause if need be. <laughs> um, can you imagine? I, can you imagine like the Fox News like headlines of like if Adriana oh, does get into Congress and she marries like a, a foreigner? Like, we have to do this on the DL. Like this has to be like. <laughs> We can tell no one. Uh, on the other side of the city, Eddie is showing Shay his building. I thought this was really, you know, sweet. They're just like standing and staring at it. And Shay's like, what is this? And he's like, this is my building. And Shay kind of understands this. And I know that they had this fight. So Eddie just wants to check in and say like, are you still my friend? Yeah. <laughs> and that definitely that definitely gives off vibes of like, this kid has not really socialized a lot yeah. uh, with other children. So, you know, w- when you have those type of situations, it can be as so cut and dry as that. Like, did I, like, upset you? Like, are you still going to be my friend? Because that's very important because I'm l- just learning how to have friends that aren't my brother. Yeah. Yeah. But his brother's, like, he can't escape him because they're like, okay, let's go get food from the falafel truck. So they go to the falafel truck that he went to with Jordan all the time. So we've got all these Jordan memories floating around. And, um, like, Fakir, the guy, who, the falafel guy, doesn't know about the plane crash i wish i, I wish you would have slipped something into like yeah you know eddie you know how i don't have a tv and i don't watch news or i don't look at newspapers at all you know how i live like a nomadic life i have no idea what's going on in the real world so how are you and how are your brother not dead i hope well and, but this is like something i think about all the time because when someone has like a traumatic event if you ask them about it and they have to tell you about it again they're like re-traumatizing themselves mm-hmm. all the time so i totally get eddie's stance here of just playing along it's like for like two minutes i can just pretend that jordan's still here and not have to like retell the whole story but it has to be so shocking to to experience yeah it's like he's entering a world where the crash never happened yeah it's it's like he's traveled back in time and he's talking to this guy who you know for from his perspective like nothing bad's happened like everyone's still fine so that yeah it's gotta be super appealing for eddie to just go with it and just kind of live in that like existence right now and it's like and also it's just like you don't want to you know if if an adult was having this conversation and just be like i don't want to go into like the whole thing like i'll just go along with you because i don't want to just i don't have to go through the whole like rigmarole of what happened my all my family's dead i don't want your sympathy like from an adult point of view but i feel like from a from a kid's point of view like eddie i'm not sorry from yeah from eddie yeah it's just like i want to live in this like world that uh fakir is talking about right now where everyone's fine jordan's just grounded like it's everyone's cool yeah and he's there for a little bit but then he comes back to the shared reality of everyone else and um real like remembers his brother's not here anymore and he seems like fainting seems to be the thing or at least falling down seems to be the thing that like reminds him where what world he's living in at that point and he throws out the falafel and he's got to go uh, you couldn't say the falafel I really think like he could have saved it first no. of all second of all i re- or they stopped somewhere else because shay was really hungry yeah <laughs> she's gotta eat she's gotta eat blood sugar's going low <laughs> then for nomination for one of the awkward most awkward conversations of the year so far i know it's only february but <laughs> Linda is talking to Gary's parents, and Gary's parents 
I don't know. They they start. This is their opener. We are connected intrinsically. So why don't you live here so we can be part of a baby's life? I was like, what? Like this girl just showed up. Like you just met her 24 hours ago. Like I understand that you want to be part of the baby's life, but can we like talk about this? There's just like, we've solved it. We've solved the problem. The answer is you live with us. You get what you want, which they haven't really talked to her about. So they don't really know, but we most importantly get what we want, which is to be part of this kid's life. It's like, so, so listen here, incubator. I mean, I mean, Linda. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we really want to be part of your life, I guess, and definitely the baby's life. Yeah, like, and uh, Linda's like, understandably, like, what is happening here? What is going on? And uh, Gary's mom has the classic line: "You can't think about what's best for you anymore. You have to think about what's best for the child." And I just want to call BS because here's the thing: if moms aren't doing what's best for them, it is also not what's best for the child. I just got to say that because I've seen too many moms do things that they thought were good and it ended up like, just take care of your, put your face mask on first people. I know it's like, it's like a corny thing, but it's true. And if Linda feels like her life is better served in New York, there's nothing saying that you people with all of the money in the world couldn't move to New York to be part of this life. True. Uh, That's, that's my, that's my whole take. I just don't like the, you can't, you can't think about you can't think about yourself anymore like once you become a mom you're no longer an individual like what is that right. what is that no we're done with that at least i'm done with that in 2023 no more hey, no mom doing that anymore people you heard it from marissa <laughs> first it really it really almost evolves into like give us your baby like <laughs> we don't care about you we want your baby so uh she leaves that and calls the dd dd is angry cleaning <laughs> I love a good angry clean. Uh, she's angry cleaning. She finds this is where she does find photos of of uh, I totally just blanked on his name. Christopher, Charlie, uh, Charles. Charlie, 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 Charles. Charles. <laughs> Depending on who you are. <laughs> LA people. He has, yeah. Maybe he's like yeah, he's Charlie to LA people and yeah. Charles to New York people. Exactly. Yeah. Men on the show, like they gotta just <laughs> pick a name. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, she finds these photos of what seemingly is Charlie's life and um, seems to be shared with a man or multiple different people. We don't really know. Um, it definitely, but... yeah, it definitely lingers on a photo of him and another guy. So, I yeah. mean, you know, if if you're a pro watching TV like we are, yeah. like, that will probably tell you. Like, yeah, we linger on that picture for like a few seconds longer than like, the other one. That's probably his. Back to it. Yeah, it's probably his man right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Linda's like, yeah. Or Didi's like, yeah, you can come over, but I'm out of Tito's and you have to bring cranberry juice if you want. Yeah, because Linda calls her like, so I have a lot of problems. Can I come over and drown my sorrows with you? (laughs) Well, Linda can't drown her sorrows, but, you know. Can I at least commiserate? Can we we co-regulate in some way, shape, or form? Uh, Back in New York, Bex, Bex, um, Adriana, and... Uh, Kojo are out at watching soccer at a restaurant. I thought this was a really cute scene. Um, Bex is, of course, as kids do, cheering for the wrong, the wrong team. She's just cheering for goals being scored. Yeah, she doesn't care who scores them. She's just excited to see a goal being scored. And watching soccer, aka football, uh, <laughs> I would be that way too because you know goals are few and far between. When it's gets scored, uh, I'm excited. Well, and like a soccer football goal is like way more exciting. 
because everybody gets so like everybody's into it and the announcers are into it like yeah. if i was a kid and i heard that i'd be like yay let me cheer <laughs> yeah. uh but she's like coach is like no no you have to cheer <laughs> wrong team wrong team bags but Ghana ends up winning or his team ends up winning it's time to go brings adrian to the apartment that his cousin's best friend got them this is not suitable did you see this coming jason did you see i didn't i didn't see this in particular coming i was like for her to be so easily like oh no just come stay with me i'd be like okay you still really know these people but all right that's cool yeah people these people on the show warm up to people so fast and so easily well i think that i mean i'll have to look this up but i think that can happen in times of grief where you're just like looking for connection very quickly Mm. So there might be a heightened sense there. Uh, Yeah, so she brings him over to their house and gives um, Pax her own room. And then there is this good night. I put night. Yeah, you can have a really good night if you want. I mean, Adrian was like, "Mm." I don't know if Kojo was picking up the vibes that Adrian was laying down. See, like Adrian was laying down some like vibes. Just yet. I don't have to go to bed alone. Yeah, I don't know. Like, no. I put in my notes, go <laughs> good night. Eyes emoji. Cause like, eyes. That it was, was, it was. It was eyes. The eyes said everything. It was like, <laughs> mm. coach was like, mm, not yet. Adrian was like, mm, are you sure? He's like, mm, I'm gonna let you wait for it. <laughs> it's like, just don't fall down the stairs, either one of you. Cause the stairs yeah, because you're like backing right you're, you're backing up but not looking. You're just like <laughs> he's 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 got he's keeping the eye contact, like you know connected to her and not looking where he's going he could definitely fall down the stairs that's a good shout yeah <laughs> safety first people i'm all for the romance all for the love but safety first uh linda makes it over to dd's dd then shares her story about like how she moved around a lot when she was a kid she moved out of the house when she was 17 she thought she was going to go into cosmetology and uh she was working at ihop one day and that's when charles walked in and instantly from then they were more than a couple they were kind of like a team. She worked the social part. I felt like very like Mad Men vibes from this whole situation. <laughs> like she she worked the social part of, of corporate life and that allowed Charles to climb the ladder. They got really, really rich. Uh, and then TD says, I loved the lifestyle. I loved it so much that I must have put blinders on because sometimes it didn't even see, seem real. And turns out maybe it wasn't. Deep thoughts, Didi. Self, some realization Deep going thoughts. on. Yeah, I think that can happen a lot. You know, you get distracted by like things that money can buy, and you forget to check in with yourself. They, this you... is where they find the rec room, and they go out and break things. Yeah, when I when we first saw the like slip of paper, or whatever, I almost thought this was going to be like. I wouldn't be surprised if it was like. A ticket to a drag show or something because this yeah. is like Charles's life. Like when, when we first saw like DD like uh, knock into the paper and fell on the floor and it was like a, it seemed like a ticket to something. Mm-hmm. Or and was, is this like going to be a clue to his life now? But I guess maybe this was just like maybe he won this at like a raffle or something. And he was like, I'm gonna go here someday. Like <laughs> I totally thought that like um like when she was going through the clothes and stuff too. I thought she found like shoes. So yeah, I would think, I, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought she was going to find like maybe some like uh, some women's clothing and maybe yeah. think that like, you know, he had another woman. But we will find out later that he just, you know, you know, dressed in drag. Maybe he's he's in the in that part of the lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hey, 
this is cool too. <laughs> Want to go break shit? <laughs> I'm down for that. Uh, back in New York, then this like this episode just kind of like ends with the montage. They're big on the montages. I mean, mm-hmm. Jason, as you know, I love a good montage, but I prefer the training montage to the let's wrap it up montage. Um, so <laughs> this is like. The let's wrap it up montage. Lisa's very mad at Edward for going to the city with Shay. Like she pulls a classic like mom line of don't ever do that again. Yeah, you can't go somewhere without telling me. Yeah. And Eddie's response is call me Edward. Yeah. Like so he's, he's like now Lisa's out of the inner circle of safe people. Because... Yeah, I'm mad now, so now you have to call me Edward. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, you're mad. Let me teach you how to work with metal. So- yeah, we just jumped to that. Like, no, like, uh, hey, you know, I understand you're upset. But you know what happens? We well, you know what I do when I'm upset? I go make metal stuff. Did you, did you get a sense of what they are making? No, not at okay. all. I, just, I thought it was like a paperweight or something. I was like, what What, what are they doing? Like, yeah. Can I get a lesson? Like, what are, what are y'all making? Like, but no, there's no, there's no in between. It's like, I, she at some point said, let's go to the metal shop. And yeah. Let's, so they let's, did. Let's mellow out your feelings. Unless they like, she has that in the basement. I don't know where they went. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a mini shop down here. <laughs> well, I stole this from the factory. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, don't tell. What's his face? Um, Walter. Well, you know that guy. Um, while this was happening, John. Okay, this was also very confusing. Wait, like, I had to watch so this weird. like fifteen times because I was like, "Is John with another woman? What well, is no. happening here?" Which is not what it is. Yeah, this girl just like ran up to the door and dropped off a letter. And I think John this is some like collecting the letters, the dear Edward letter. I think this was Shrunken Head Girl. Oh, was it Shrunken Head Girl? Yeah, I think okay. so. Uh, definitely look like Dude, her. She is like she's creepy. Mm, what's going on there? Yeah. And what's going on with John? Uh, Saving the, the letters. letters. Like, is this like nefarious? Like, mm. what is happening? Is someone trying to warn Edward about John? Is John a serial killer? Like, dear Edward, don't turn your back on John. Like, why is John saving them, not just like throwing them away? I just, I am very confused. My my like my big brain thought here. I'm ready is for that it. This is people all around the world, mm-hmm. all around the U.S., sending Edward letters of like condolences or something, mm-hmm. and that's what this is. People that have w- read the Dear Edward book probably know what this is, uh, because I mean, I assume that the Dear Edward comes from these letters. Like, I wonder if like the book is the letters. I think yeah. the book is. I think the book is a book, and they're like some. Their no, letters are probably in the book. Oh well, but like with the chapters, like every chapter. What if it starts out with like, "Dear Edward, well, I am so and so. I'm writing a letter. I have no idea." Um, but yes, but also, why? I mean, I can understand not giving um, Eddie Edward the letters because yes. that might be too much for this kid right now that he's just fresh out of this tragedy maybe this maybe he's saving them for like when eddie gets like older like hey these are people that sent their whatevers because that's what i really think it is i think it's just people sending in condolences like this girl i don't know about this girl specifically like because this seems freaky and weird um not only does she randomly run into him at the grocery store she then shows up at the house which i feel like would be like make more sense the other way and be less creepy the other way. Like you can find someone's address before you find them in the grocery store. 
but yeah, yeah. I don't that, know. that girl was that girl just in the grocery store. She's like, "Oh, it's Eddie. Let me go give him a shrunken head." Or did she carry a shrunken head around, hoping to bump into Eddie? Like, what is going on? So many questions. Is she straight up stalking Eddie? Like, oh, I'm scared of this girl. Uh, I'm also scared of John because John threw like John is a mystery. By the way, John, we haven't spent a lot of time with John. John seems very like low key. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I'm not. I'm not sure if I can trust John anymore. John is. This is what I know about John. Set up my red flags. He likes decaf coffee. <laughs> he was worried about Lacey's like body and everything like that trying to get pregnant was doing, and he loves hamburgers. We don't know that much. Yeah, so I'm, I don't know that much. I'm suspicious. And he's of hiding John these now. letters. Yeah, exactly. Does Lacey know he's hiding the letters? I need to know that <laughs> part. Is this a, is this a a, a a thing between the two of them i need to know more i'm excited to learn more. Agreed. agreed so that was episode three i i don't know i left this like liking the series more than i did after the first the first one i know the first one had a lot of setup to do it was kind of just like the foundation but after episode two and episode three i kind of like feel really not like really invested but like this is us level of invested but invested enough to continue on what about well, you? it's hard it's hard to get to this as us level investments um but yes i am really liking this now i am definitely more bullish on the series than i was in the first episode because i feel like we're getting we're getting the kind of stories that i expected we're we're connecting with some of the characters um you know dd and linda team up not you know not included that that's still a little odd to me but whatever um yeah, so I'm enjoying it. I am ex- actually excited to keep going with the series of finding out all of the all the things there's to find out. We have a lot of storylines that we need to resolve and need to figure out more stuff. We've got mystery going on. We like it. Yeah, yeah. So we will see, or we will hear. You will hear us. We will be back here. <laughs> Something with here. Time. I'm talking about episode four as we continue on. I think there are ten total episodes, so we've got a lot of ground to cover between here and now. Uh, outside of Dear Edward, Jason, what else are you up to these days? Um, you can find me uh, on this network that you're on, listening to this uh, post-show recaps. Oh. You can find me covering the show Extraordinary with Sasha Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're having fun over there. Also on the Rob Has Podcast, uh, we're Hap Ups Network. Catch me uh, with my co-host Asia Welch as we talk about the show Married at First Sight. Um, it is a reality show. It's not a scripted show. So, you know, as the show, as the title exclaims, these people are marrying each other at first sight of each other so self-explanatory do you think they could benefit from a grief support group um yeah after after the eight weeks for sure um uh, because they have eight weeks to decide whether they're going to get divorced or they're going to stay married uh so asia and i break down that show every week we have a blast uh talking about it the podcast itself is called a perfect match so come check us out there uh, as i say all the time you don't need to actually watch the show to listen to us uh talk about it. we break it all down for you so you don't even have to waste your time watching the show a good listen i don't watch the show but every now and then i'll tune in just because i'm like curious oh support that's (laughs) the supportive co-host i'm gonna ask asia if she's listening to my dear edward edward podcast (laughs) asia if if she is she'll know because we just talked about her text me asia when you listen to this we'll uh we'll test it yeah yeah. (laughs) text text me lonely pilgrim asia if you heard this (laughs) good one yeah if you made it this far uh let us know <laughs> by, yeah. by, 
Weekly Pilgrim. Well, Jason, that sounds super fun and exciting. Uh, as for myself, I am wrapping up national treasure coverage with Jess Sterling. As I mentioned before, it's a show. It's there. It's on Disney+. Plus. It talks about tr- treasure. It's semi- interesting semi good it's not like if you are going into the show thinking you're getting like Nicolas cage level national treasure just like take it down a little bit you're still getting like random facts you're still getting a u.s mexico history in this one um is he referenced well, at all in the show he like is, nick cage someone has called him on the phone okay but so, that other guy is that I think is that other guy in it the the Riley, ass, assistant guy yeah Riley does yeah. make an appearance for a brief but Catherine Zeta Jones is also in it and she has said she loves it so that's what you got uh, the podcast is really fun Jess and I you could probably listen to that not have to mm-hmm. watch the whole show and still be good I also am kicking off coverage of season four you. On Netflix with Latanya Starks, we are uh, we have covered seasons one, two, and three. Again, getting ready for season four that starts next week. And then just this week, uh, there was a show that released called PSRRPGs. There's not two R's; it's just PSRPGs. <laughs> you really gotta slow down. I, yeah, I was like too excited about it. Uh, we are playing role playing games in the settings of the shows that we talk about here on the network, and uh, we kicked off with Willow. So I was invited to be a part of that adventure and you can see the or hear the first episode that came out today, which is Saturday in February, Saturday the 4th. So yeah, that's what's going on with me. Anything else we want to say about Dear Edward? Um, no, I think we covered it. We're excited good. To, excited to move forward and, and see where we're going to be taking. All right. Well, until next week, uh, go bracing.